listen up. It's the number one voice of the tri-state. I'm number one. It, 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 it's, it's cooking, cooking up, up 2-1-5. So let the show begin. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Smooth. It's your girl Amber Graham. And this is Cooking Up 2 on 5, where we get you up close and personal with your favorite artists, entrepreneurs, shakers, and move makers. And today we have a very special guest, Miss Mandy Mayhem. How you doing, Mandy? Welcome. Oh, I'm so good. Listen, you in Philly. I know. Coming all the way from LA. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's so wonderful. You are outside. I am like so happy to be outside. Life outside of my house <laughs> <laughs> outside your house on a whole different side know. of the country yeah, all the above like so you've been busy yeah you've been busy a long time though like you're not new to getting busy you've been outside your whole life pretty much yeah you've done tv yes you've been rapping for a long time you used to actually be a cheerleader stop wow how did you know that <laughs> That is so crazy. Yeah. The championships with that too, right? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> like international. You did like cheerleading lectures in China. I did. That, that is awesome. so crazy. You guys read things on the internet about me. <laughs> the internet is a powerful tool. <laughs> you use it right. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. But um, so let's talk about that. Uh, cheerleading. How did you get into cheerleading? Well, um, I got pregnant. And that put you into cheerleading? cheerleading. Normally, cheerleading is the cause of the pregnancy. pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, no, I like to the do things backwards. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm kind of Benjamin Button. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I got pregnant at 16. Um, sorry, Mom, I'm about to throw you under the bus. I called my mother and said, I'm pregnant. And she said, you've ruined your life. You will never be able to do anything that you are destined to do. And I was like, I'll show you. I'm going to be a cheerleader. So that was what like led me back to high school, was mm. my desire to be a cheerleader. It was the one thing I could think of that I would regret not doing as a teenager was to be a cheerleader. So I went, I had my son, I went back to high school mm -hmm. to be a cheerleader and then went to university to continue my cheerleading career. I also like studied a bunch of stuff, but because I wanted to cheer. Mm. Yeah, it was a great motivator to prove my mother wrong that and is, wear a bow. Cool. Yeah. So, talk about the China thing. How did you end up in <coughs> China going to lectures, like 2011? Um, how did I end up there? That is a really good question. Oh, I was manufacturing uniforms in China, cheerleading uniforms. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. um, and selling them all over the U.S. and Canada and mm -hmm. Europe. So, during that time, yeah. you also won a hip-hop karaoke award in Toronto in 2010. I did. Yeah. I won three in a row. Mm -hmm. Back so to back to back. How long has hip-hop been a part of your life? Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like the first song I really remember hearing maybe was The Message. I was born in 75, and I think that might have come out before I was born, so I have no clue. Yeah, it just was, like, around. Is. You don't know what the message is? No. <gasps> don't push me, cause oh, I'm close well, yeah. to the edge. I'm, I'm trying, trying not, not to, to lose my head. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I think that's like everybody's first hip hop song. Like that's probably like my first that's rap right. song I know of. Yeah, like that's one of the yeah. Ones. I so know that funny one story. I know the name of it though. There's a woman named Enid. A shout out to Enid if she's watching on my TikTok um, right now. Enid lives in Enid, Oklahoma. 
I believe and that's she, her name. She, well, it's her oh, TikTok it? name. Oh, okay. All right, I believe she's in her 60s, and she's in my Discord channel. And we had a chat one night. I do these, like, voice chats every month or so. And she said, I never listened to hip-hop until I watched your lives. And then I started researching it. And I found this song called The Message. And it's so good. And she started, like, reciting the lyrics to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, my job is done. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Putting people on. Putting people on to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was always there, but I remember like Public Enemy was formative for me for sure. 89 was a formative year in music. And I think I heard somewhere something like when you're around 12, 13, that music is the music that you compare everything else to for the rest of it's your life. It's the soundtrack for your life. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I guess I was 12, uh, 85, 86, 87 is around when I was like 13. So 87 to 89, 13 to 15-ish was like, you know, amazing. LL, mm. um, mm -hmm. Public Enemy. I didn't like the, I didn't like the Beastie Boys. Mm. <laughs> Not a lot of say My internalized lot. white person <laughs> hatred. I don't know like what it was, but like, I don't know. I think I thought they were making fun of hip hop and I was like, I don't want you to make fun of it. Mm. But you know, they weren't. So do people ever like kind of criticize you or feel like? Yes, you're I'm just gonna say that's what people think that I'm doing. So. Yeah, and that's the crazy part, that's like doing, doing the research and like kind of looking and, and learning. Oh, did you read my this comments? This was part of your life. I didn't read your comments. Oh, no, why you got crazy comments? Oh my god. Yeah, but this is this is like, it's you. This is part of you. Growing yeah. up, you always been into hip hop and rap and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, gr growing up in a city like Toronto too. Um, I was exposed to everything. So when, you know, like the early days of hip hop or going to clubs at that time, you had house music, soca, reggae, mm -hmm. um, dance hall, and hip hop and hip house. And like it, all the music, all the genres were still just figuring out what they what were. They really were yeah. So they weren't, it wasn't separated at a party in the same way as Especially hip hop. You know what I just learned? Toronto is really like right up the street from Pennsylvania. Uh -huh. Like it's five hours from Pittsburgh, like five and 45 minutes. Yeah. Every time we speak of like, oh, Drake's from Toronto, I always feel like it's the other side of the world. <laughs> or like all the way, 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 way up there. Yeah. It's like a drive. Yeah. You can drive there from here. Yeah. I so once, it's not yeah. far from New York. I once went to New York to go to Shelter, the house, um, Timmy Regisford's club. It was a house, a soulful house club. Mm. And I drove there. Went to that party and drove home. Yeah, like Toronto is so far. Like, is this? Uh, yeah, you from Toronto? Yeah, yeah. let's say like it's crazy. Now it's like closer than going to like Virginia for us, maybe a mm, little bit. Mm -hmm. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's super wild. Oh, so yeah, so y'all probably really were getting a nice wave of hip hop, straight being next we, door to New York. Yeah, and we had Detroit too. So the house music mm -hmm. scene was coming in, and New York, and yeah, we got, we had a lot. And also we would get like. TV channels from like Buffalo, so mm. we got the Sesame Street Buffalo vibes. Mm. So let's talk about your acting. Mm. You were on a show called Mother About a Housewife. Yes. Turn rapper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she rages. She lives in the suburban, her suburban life, and when she rages, she transforms into this <laughs> angry rapping lady. Mm. <laughs> so was this about you? Was this. I mean, yeah. It was an I was never married, so that was my my fantasy rage. As I feel like across all of my work, I'm um, I'm interested in 
hyper feminine expression in a hyper masculine environment. Mm. So like hip hop is a hyper masculine envi environment right. and the idea of a suburban housewife is a hyper feminine expression. Right. So even cheerleading was a hyper feminine expression in a hyper masculine environment, the sports environment. Like football and, and yeah. yeah. So what I, the question I'm asking in all of my work is like, why, what does it look like to express the feminine outside of the male gaze? So when you're not in a hyper-masculine environment, what we think of as feminine, is it, do we, have we created this because of the patriarchy and this masculine energy, or is this how women actually want to express? I'm interested, I don't know, but yeah. I'm interested in exploring that. So like the idea of the cheerleader, did that come from, how did it evolve from being in this hyper-masculine environment? Cheerleaders were originally men, mm. you know? Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. George Bush was a cheerleader. <laughs> and then during the Second World War, they, when the men all went off to war, the women took over the cheerleading job and then things were never the same again mm. for cheerleading. So, you know, in hip hop, it's, it's been a hyper-masculine environment. And then the female expression within hip hop, like I know that I hyper-sexualize because of, partly because of the trauma of growing up of listening to hip hop that was so misogynist. And so I'm like, fuck you. Like, it's like payback you know? a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to work it out. Like, I don't know, there's some payback yeah. for sure. Not that anyone, well, I guess maybe they're listening now. I like wrote a diss against Eminem, I don't know how long ago. Really? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that shady, shady XV cipher that he did, um, I guess whenever that was, I, I don't yeah, know how I long ago it was, you. but mm -hmm. I, I did a response video. I was like so mad, I'm like, he's never gonna see this, but maybe he has now. <laughs> he might yeah. have, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah, you got like 9.9 <laughs> .9 million views on that other video. You I might know. have went through, you might have checked you out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a nice addition to uh, aftermath, shady aftermath. I'm I'm open. What so so let's talk about it. All right. What is your goal when it comes to making music and rapping? Like, where do you see yourself? Where are you trying to reach to? I want to go on tour with Madonna. Mm. Call me. Call me Madonna. Um. <laughs> yeah, like I. Rap is a way that I express a very specific conversation I'm having with myself as an artist. Mm. So that the the misogyny, the hyper feminine expression, the sexuality, the sexual trauma, like all of the experiences that I've had in my life as a woman comes out in hip hop. Mm. Because it helps it was part of it. Right. Right? That was the voice of men for me. Mm. And, and dance hall, <laughs> like, you know, um, and and then, you know, like, Neo Soul and da, 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 da. I, I had, my, I had my whole Neo yeah. Soul, yeah. Definitely love Jill Neo Scott Soul. is my favorite artist of all time. Okay. I like India Ivory on it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like Jill Scott too, but when it comes to like Neo Soul, India Ivory is like my. Yeah. She's everything. She's like, mine. Yeah, too, she carries. Really? She yeah, carries. I like Jill Scott too, though. Jill yeah, Jill Scott, Scott is dope. Scott. You know, ain't nothing like Penny with a hole in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She got some great work, she but does. India is like interesting. When she hit that thing, is on point. Every mm -hmm. every one of them. They, yeah, she is. I she is you. a great talent. She's good. I think Jill for me is the storytelling aspect. You could picture it like she the does. grits and eggs in the morning. You seen that whole thing <laughs> like in your head. Yeah, that's Val's true. Loose like collard greens. Or, uh, <laughs> loose after collard collard greens. 
Why am I always talking about shit? I don't know. <laughs> I started it. My yeah, bad. that was fine. <laughs> Gemini. Yeah, the Gemini. Yeah. But I avoided your question. So I, I love being in front of a crowd, like that cheerleading. I spent mm-hmm. so much time rhyming words at drunk people. It's like the same as a hip hop show. Mm-hmm. You know, vaginas in the air. Throw your team signal up. It's sports and hip hop are very similar. Cheerleading. They are synonymous, especially like after social media. All the rappers want to be ball players. The ball players want to be rappers. Yeah, totally. It's all the same thing at the end of the day. Entertainment. Yeah. Mm. So that and I love. I'm a visual storyteller too. So mother Mm -hmm. was mother was created uh, because it was a place where I could write. I could make music. I could act. I could do like interesting visual, it's very surrealist. There's like, we're playing with ideas. Like the first episode is called My Badge is the Truth. And <laughs> it takes place inside of my uh, vaginal canal. Oh what? wow, <laughs> the episode? Yeah. Oh my god. We like built a whole interior of a vagina on a sound on a stage. Set. Yeah. That's crazy. And then my husband comes in in a sperm costume and I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> You've done enough damage. So, you know, it's just a, like, I, I want to create containers where all these ways that I like to play can live in the same space. Right. Um, I had no, I did not see this coming. I did not see this coming. As yeah. much as I've done all these things in my life, I had right. let go of hip hop. I was like, I don't think, I don't, I, I mean, come on. You were, you were just. Come on. It's too late now. Living it's life and moved on. <laughs> it's too late. Uh, you know, and I just felt like the timing was bad. I didn't know, am I appropriating? Am I hurting people? I don't want to disrespect the culture. It means so much to me. I didn't know what to do. So like after my shows, I had mm-hmm. two shows. That one in Rapping with Actors was a, a talk show. Yeah, I seen yeah. that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just like after the the political shifts and everything those I just didn't know and I thought mm. I'm gonna shut up for a while, um, and I'm gonna focus on acting and read and learn some shit and you know. Mm. And You're then a book hoarder, ju- right? Like you love. I'm a book hoarder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I have little piles of books all over the world. Yeah, as well. I uh, go to a Donald few Walsh. Is Neil Donald favorite? Walsh. Neil Donald Walsh. Is it your, your favorite author? not my favorite author, but I no. have read him. Oh, okay. see? Sometimes. Do you have a camera in my house? <laughs> oh, wait, I always have a camera in my house. That's what's happening. Mm. Um, yeah, Conversations with God series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple really good um, things. From the 90s, actually, I think, is when they were written, those books. Mm. There's one quote I can think of very specifically from that, and it is... Um, oh, no, I forget. Never mind. Mm. Uh, I didn't want to come back to you. Yeah, I didn't want to go over what you were saying about like um, misappropriating and, yeah. and like disrespecting the culture. I'm like real. I'm such like a open-minded person. I think we live in a society right now where everybody's too sensitive, and I think the best way to move forward, period, is by like taking off all the regulations, like just removing all the laws and everything. Like everybody, act like certain mm. people can do this, certain people can do that. I don't think. The more you do that, the more you separate people. Mm. I think what you're doing is great. Mm. I think that's what more people should do. If it, if it resonates with you, go with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're happy in it and it's your true self, that's what you should be allowed to do. There should be no judgment or anything like that. I think it helps 
push any push everything forward if anything mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i think that is bravery period to be able to even step up and like go live your life for hip hop and for raunchy like you just like just you let it go yeah. and i seen like you had like a breakdown in like 2019 about going gray mm-hmm. And what what was that about? Because I I love your look. I think you look beautiful. Mm-hmm. You look wonderful. Yeah. It looks great on you. So, yes. what was that about? Um, what was that about? Yeah, like why why did why you did feel I start? such a man? It but being an actor is very challenging in terms of your relationship with yourself mm-hmm. because your image becomes a commodity, and you're literally like reduced to three or four lines. So you're this age range, you're the girl next door, you're a grandma, you're whatever the thing is, quirky. Mm-hmm. My my range in acting is quirky to bipolar. That's where, that's my sweet spot <laughs> also in life. Um, <laughs> you know, so you, you think you can't do anything. Your face is your calling card, so it's hard to change it. And you all know the, the situation with women as they age in Hollywood and the way that you're sort of treated and you kind mm-hmm. of put out to pasture. Um, so I felt this like tension forming in my body. Like I have to hold it up all the time and keep my, you know, shit together. And yeah. I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. I was having to dye my hair every two weeks and spray shit on my scalp and it was peeling off and it was just mm. like unhealthy, toxic, shit on my head every two weeks and I, I was miserable and I I wanted to bear witness to my own life mm-hmm. like I get to do this once Thanks. and I started going gray at 30 and I just dyed my hair because that's what I thought you were supposed to do mm-hmm. oh wait, you just dye your hair that's what you do when it gets too gray. Right, once it gets gray then you go red. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. so I went red Yeah. yeah and it was fun for a while and it looks great for a while, but it just got to be exhausting. And mm. um, so I started letting it go gray. I wish I'd known the pandemic was coming because I would have waited, you know. For, to decide to go gray? Well, cause then you're just sitting at home you and your hair's growing out. I was out in the world with this like sh- little bit of gray and red and like everyone was like, are you okay? Like, mm-hmm. do you need money? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do, but also, no, I'm doing this on purpose. Um, But I learned a lot, and I I learned a lot about my relationship with social media and my relationship with my own image and Mm -hmm. how much I had been relying on my looks in my life. I actually didn't think I was a woman who was, like, focused on my looks. Yeah, but that's privilege, you know. I was a hot chick and got a lot of free shots, free stuff. Right. <laughs> and I still do. <laughs> it, it didn't work. I, I got a little more now. Now, yeah. now there's different kinds of freaks, but. <laughs> That's Fiending for the silver cooch. <laughs> the silver cooch. It's going to be called the golden cooch after your rap career. Ah, ah, you know like golden, golden girls? Yeah, golden the go- co- I like golden it. Cooch. But, um, so. You went gray, mm-hmm. you had to break down, and you freed yourself. What was your first response from people once you full on let go? Went gray? Yeah. Um, man, similar to kind of what's happening here, a lot of the pushback I get around aging comes from women mm-hmm. because um, 
there's just so much pressure on us to to not. when you say pushback explain please like comments like oh no you look better with red hair or Ooh. why are you doing that you know with the with the hair and then here the comments that i get from women not not all of them obviously but, but the one. ones that want to talk shit are like why are you doing you you're di you're a disgrace mm. you're acting like a child stop it Wow. Yeah. People are crazy. People are crazy. So it's more women than men that, that typically... Yes, men have different things to say. Yeah. Yeah. Men are crazy. Men are also crazy. <laughs> women don't send me pictures of their vaginas. Men mm. send me lots of pictures of their penises. Oh, wow. A lot. I, I figured second half we're going to have to talk about them DMs because I'm almost certain that given the things you say that they are. <laughs> oh they are, my God. And then we're going to save all that good stuff okay. for, for the Round second two. half. Yeah, right now we just getting to know you a little bit more, you know. <laughs> and so, so um, what was your first rap on Instagram? Like when, when was that? November oh, 1st. TikTok. November, November 1st, 1st on TikTok, yeah. Wow. Um, I had a, an audition come in that day for a retirement home commercial because I do a lot of commercials. And uh, my agent sent me an email immediately. She was like, okay, it's a really cool retirement home. Like they, they let people in as young as 50. Don't like, you don't have to do it though. And I was like, it's fine. I'll do it. You know, <laughs> I give up. It's like how I felt. And I had just done, no offense to the sleep apnea commercial that's playing everywhere <laughs> right now, but like, fuck me. You're in a commercial? Yes, I played twins with sleep apnea. Oh, wow. And I love the guys who played my husband, but they were both in their mid-60s. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, my range is 35 five to 75 now because of my hair like they just have no idea what to do with me they'll call me in and be like what is happening like yeah. i have a young energy but i look like 70 and then my face like yeah, you're still confusing. young in the face you're very young in the face even i feel like even now hair color range so wildly yeah. like you got females that go gray like yeah. you go gray or people you know what I mean? Wear the gray weave. They they want that color. Yeah, yeah. it looks good. Yeah. I think it looks true. good. However, people do. You do become invisible. People like I noticed a shift. So mm. when I had red hair, it was all 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 the time. Just mm -hmm. like somebody had something to say, eyeballs, like whatever. I was fuckable. I was fuckable with red hair. Now. <laughs> they see the gray and perhaps ignore me. Like, they don't notice me so much. Mm. Which is nice. It's nicer. To be able to go through the streets without being handled all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I don't want to sound like I think I'm cool for that reason, but, like, because yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot of energy and exhausting and for many years. And mm -hmm. it, was, it was fucking exhausting. Mm. Yeah. I have a song about it that I'm doing at my show at Kung Fu Necktie tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Um, called Fu I'm Necktie. Not Here for Your Entertainment. <coughs> mm. That's about um, one particular person who yelled at me from across the street, um, nice ass. And I was oh, wow. like, whatever. I just ignored him and kept walking. And then he goes, bitch. And I was like, wait, oh, wow. but like three seconds ago. You was all hollering. And then three weeks later, another guy walked up 
And he was like, where are you guys going? Uh, let's go to the bar, you know, me and a friend of mine. She, my friend is American, so she was like hiding, you know, like she knows how to protect herself. She knows how to do I'm this. Canadian, and I was like, you're in my safety circle. <laughs> and he said, what? And I was like, you're in my safety circle. And then he spit in my face, and I was what? like, oh, yes, no. Oh, no. and ran away. Oh no! Are you like, serious? Come on! Yeah, I'm dead serious. Was this this before Instagram? Like this, just some random? Yeah, yeah. Oh no! Wow. So the song is about the song is called "I'm Not Here for Your Entertainment." Basically, oh, like I'm not here to smile. I'm not here to speak to you. Oh, I do, and that's when we get into the DMs. We can talk about that more too. Mm. But yeah, the that's wow. Entitlement. So before we go to the second, I was asking you about your first song. What was the reaction you got of the first? Oh, the first, first live. Drop? Yeah. So I sat there for 20 minutes talking about nose chlamydia before I started rapping. Is that a thing? It's a thing. Apparently it might be connected to Alzheimer's. I don't know. I found this. Nose chlamydia. Nose chlamydia. I was like, guys, I'm really nervous to be live. Here we are again live. I'm really nervous to be live. Um, we can talk about nose chlamydia or I can rap. <laughs> and they're like, what? Rap. 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 Yeah. And so I don't know what I did. I think I was just like, give me a beat. And they were like chameleonaire, like all these like trap beats or like recent stuff that I didn't know. And then I would take like old lyrics that I did and mash them up. And I think the video of me, the one that Chris Brown shared, the um, candy coated man trap, Freestyle, oh, the Amelie freestyle that mm. I did. Um, I think that was one of my first lives. It was might have been my second or third one mm. um, that I pulled that from. So the response, there was 20,000 people that watched that wow. night. Cool. I've had nights where it's been like 150,000. Wow. In like an hour. They love you. I mean, they, there's something happening. They listen. Some of them love me. <laughs> Some of them do not. That's clear. I think even the ones that act like they don't, they love you. Because you, you still got to watch. Yeah. yeah, it's confused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you still got to watch and take time out today. So you must like yeah. something over here. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, and they just don't love you yet. Yeah. 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 They're they waiting to find that thing that just... Pushes Gets them over the other side, yeah. Yeah. I so hated you at first, but I love you now. You know, people be like that. Yeah. And they be watching the whole oh, time. Like, yeah. You were hating me, but you were watching. That's, yeah, 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 right. yeah. That's cool. That's nice. But I'm um, here. Yeah, we about to get into this food. You hungry? Oh, yeah. All right. Listen, you ready, Ann? I'm starving. Listen. Y'all ready to <laughs> know what it is? It's your boy, Smooth. It's Immigrant. We got Mandy Mayhem in the building. Cooking up two and five, and we'll be right back. Let's go. It's our favorite part of the show. That's your favorite. Yes, sir. Ah, chef. What you got cooking? You already know. Listen, y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Smooth cooking at 25, and it is my favorite part of the show. It is time to get into that food. As usual, we got my girl Chef Q in the building. What's up, Chef Q? I'm good, yourself. How Listen, you feeling today? You know, it's only right. You know, we got Mandy Mayhem in the building, so we had to call a professional to come through, handle business as she always does. Q, let them know what you got for me today. All right, so today we had to take it a different route, y'all. So today we got some braised kale mm. with some syracot, a tomato paste, coconut, lemon bra blanc, and a fresh mango sauce on top. It ain't, it's not getting no better than this. Like, mm. she pulled the Blanc out. I don't even know what the Blanc <laughs> is. I know today, you know what I'm saying? me from now on, you understand me? If you're not Blancing me, I'm not coming. You don't got the Blanc, it's not for me. I'm, I'm on a different collar, but now, 
you know, call me Smooth Wah. <laughs> smooth Wah. You know what I'm saying? The Wah to the end. You know, as usual, tell them where they can find you, how they can get themselves some block and step their game up too. All right, you can step your game up by normaling, normalizing your luxury eating. Hit me up on Instagram at ChefQ underscore cutthroat or Unique Creations of Catering on Instagram. Listen, man, give my girl Chef Q. She carries it every time. Y'all already know who it is. Your boy Smooth, cooking up 25. Let's get back to the show. Let's go. Yeah, my girl Chef Q, cutthroat. She carries it. She did something special for us. I had the name down. It's going now. We did too much talking. It was something like Blanc something. Kurt Blanc. Blanc something. Okay. I, I messed it up. It's done. It's done, Q. My bad. But Poisson. It, yeah. Uh, huh? Poisson Blanc. The how you say it? It's whitefish. En oh, français. Okay. okay. Look, I'm see, Canadian. Okay. There you go. She, she mm. got us. She going to carry it for us. Listen, we about to get into this food. It's time. I'm going to pick up this fork, get into it, see what it tastes like. You know what I'm saying? My taste buds are screaming right now. I'm trying to see what this, what this mango on top of this fish do. What's the sauce? Mm. That's what I was trying to figure out. What is it? Mm. Q, what is it, Q? What is it called? It's a tomato lemon burger. Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we go. Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that what this is? That's good. Mango? Mm-hmm. That's the sauce. Oh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the green stuff? Kale. That's kale. <laughs> I've heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's good. Good. I feel like I'm eating so healthy, but yet so much taste and flavor. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. so savory. So much flavor. I'm dipping my salmon in the sauce to see what it's mm-hmm. for. That girl Q don't play. Mm. Oh yeah, it's cod, right? Mm-hmm. All right, let me see what this sauce here for. Get all in the sauce a little really bit. Really good. Wait, I'm so late to the mango the party. Blah. There's mango in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that sauce. Delicious. Mm-hmm. I just love being fed. Mm. That's yeah. good. My happy place. That's mm-hmm. good. Definitely like one of the. There's so, it's so many same. flavors and textures in there all at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's like a a party going on. I was going to say in my mouth, but I am not. Right. Because pause. This is good, though. Mm-hmm. It's real good. So, Chef Q, you got to be good with him. Yeah, show me, Pam. Mm-hmm. Put this together nice. What's your Instagram account again? Chef Q underscore cutthroat. C-U-T-T-H-R-O-A-T. Chef Q underscore cutthroat. Yep. But, um, all right. So before we left, we were talking about getting into those DMs. It's DM time. This is where we had fun at. Second half, we just laid back, let our hair down, eat some food and me. have a ball. Let's play DM charades. DM charades. Okay. <laughs> I'll show you some videos that I got. I don't know I I got. see any videos and no DM. Yeah, they like some... X and X, X type joints. Here's a video I got. <laughs> what is that? This was a towel. Mm-hmm. No. Oh. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. A video. Mm. And he was holding the towel up. Yep. Full <laughs> stiffy. That's me. Hey. Who thinks of that? Like, what would make a man think that that's some sexy shit that I would want to see? Like, you would wonder what made the other one think of this. <laughs> 
Not Swinging the, it around. What they call it? Motor boat. Motor boat. A helicopter. I don't know. I didn't. I'm not sure. That's wild. The worst DM I ever got was pre all this. I mean, there was a lot of dick pics. There was one particular dick pic that was quite upsetting, and I had like flashbacks of it. Mm. I mean, there's a few. I took a bunch. P.S. Motherfuckers. I took your DMs and I put them in my Discord channel so everyone could look at them and talk about the veins and the fucking <laughs> scars and all the shit you have going on. So don't think that I'm the only one that had to suffer through that shit. A. The big scars. Two. Viral. There was one that was like, he was just like on the bed, like, and I'm like, what? Legs cocked what? wide open. I like look at my own bed and see like flashes of this guy. <laughs> she got PTSD I did, for real. It was fucked up. Okay, but the worst DM I ever got was before I started this thing. But I was still Mandy Mayhem because I've been Mandy Mayhem for a while. Mm. Um, see what happens when you feed me? I have life now. There you mm. go. Let's okay, see. so this there's a man. Picture this. The frame is here. Okay, I see this face of quite unattractive face no offense we are all god's children but this person was had hair in places you should not have hair so he was right up close to the frame and then he turns around and walks back he's wearing a t-shirt and he goes to the back of the um room and as he walks back you see there's no pants on him there's a black leather couch at the back of the room he proceeds to get on the couch <laughs> no he didn't yes he did in this position <laughs> grab his butt what? And start twerking and showing you the inside of his asshole. <laughs> what? I know. I, I was like, what the actual fuck is happening? I was like, first, what is? How do I report that? Like, oh so I couldn't. I didn't even know what to press. I was so oh fucked up. I know. And I was like, why did I get this video? And it said, are you the are you the TS Mandy Mayhem? This is why you Google yourself before you choose a rap name. Oh, shit. You're transsexual. Yes. Oh. Which is fine. I mean, do your thing. But don't, like, let's clarify what yeah, DMs the you right want. The right person. Yeah, make sure you're in the right inbox before yep. you start sending your whole ass. I saw the you know inside man? of that man's butthole. No you gave him a whole colostomy. Colonic and all that shit. Yeah. It was... Oh, there was a lot happening. So mad. Wow. <laughs> it was, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> the reenactment took me out. <laughs> it was like the slow reveal, the face, the t-shirt, the no pants, oh my god, what's We gave you a whole like intro like no to idea. this whole ass crack. Like, yeah, yeah. I was lost it when he turned the walk away. It wasn't just the ass crack, it was the spread. Wow. Right up there. Oh my God. This is delicious, by the way. Like, this would be the shit. I'll be, uh, be thinking, like, it can't get that bad in the DMs. Like, does it really get this bad? They don't police those things at all. You know, like, they quick they to shut some shit down on Instagram. Like, they quick to, yeah. you know, regulate everything. They're not regulating ass cracks and assholes in your DM. It's like the image is blurred. Okay. So, and they ask you, like, do you want to see it? When I first went, this was the maybe the I don't know whatever you know it was the video it was the give me your tree trunk shit that everyone was, went crazy over everyone with a dick who wanted to share their dick. But listen, <laughs> I got a couple apologies actually about sending dick pics. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. What do you say something after you get them like you like? I, I, don't I did a this. post that was something like I don't know what I was talking about. I think I was talking about sexual trauma and how it's like you know people are how people are expressing sexual trauma in different ways and like 
it's traumatizing to me to see all these dicks. I don't want to. Um, but also, like, for some of the men that are doing it, they think that that's their only value. So they're sexually traumatized, too. And so they're expressing themselves in that way. And I think that was the post that I put up. And then a couple of guys messaged me and were like, I'm really sorry if I offended you by sending you my dick. Like, I was like, God, one, one for the team. Like, yeah. that's one less dick pic someone's going to have to see. Awkward ass apology. Yeah. Literally. Like, let me take that back. I'm sorry. Like, how, but I was grateful. Like, I was grateful. This, look, I mean, this is the whole thing we're talking That's about around, like, what I'm doing. It's pissing people off. There's multiple ways in which people are upset about what I'm doing. And it's like, if people can take a minute think about it, forgive me, forgive mm -hmm. somebody. Like that's the only way we're gonna get through this hell ride we're on right now on the planet Earth is by forgiving each other. So, right. you know, I'm not clicking on the blurred images anymore. I've learned that. So you, you, don't, you, you don't be like questioning, just wondering what, what's under that blurred image? If I'm ovulating, maybe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, I have three or four eggs left. Oh so. my god. So you, you do have a son though, right? I do, yeah. You do have a son, that's right. Yeah. So when it comes to dating, yes. are you dating? Uh, no. Is Mandy on the... No, Mandy's on a dickless diet. Mm. Oh. So, all right. So now I'll speak for fellas, right? Okay. Because I think this is where men get like, they be crazy. I mean, they, they be acting crazy. Like if like when they get that uh, feeling that you are... A sexual being. Mm -hmm. That's when they go bananas. Like, oh shit, she likes sex. I want to give her sex, and they they start <laughs> trying to offer as much as possible. Mm. But um, we have a lot to dissect with what you just said. But continue. Yeah, like because uh, <laughs> it doesn't. It, you don't have to be a sexual being for them to be like, I like sex. I want sex with that thing with legs. That's more. Uh, what if you're just a female? You think they just mm -hmm. start throwing it? That's true. Yeah, I agree. I, mean, I always think it starts with like if they if they feel like you. Kind of open the door like if no, you, no, 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 if no, you no, crack it, energy. if you crack it, they no, no, bust no, no, it open. No, 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 no. It's no, just no, period. No. How many times a day do you does somebody like say something to you? A lot. Like every day mm -hmm. that you leave your house. Yeah. Yes. Every day you leave your house, somebody says something. Mm. I just stopped leaving the house. I tried to <laughs> stop leaving the house. I mean, I stopped dyeing my hair. Like I tried all the things, but it doesn't stop. Uh, it's getting better. It is getting better. I've noticed a change. Like definitely. Mm. So it's like you can be sexual or you could choose to say provocative things in a sense, but that doesn't mean that you're on the prowl or looking for I like to have dick. sex with. I like dick. I don't like all dicks. I don't want them all right now. Like, right. no. <laughs> I don't want more than one at a time. It's too many. Yeah. See, Trust I think they got to hear that. Cause I think some dudes don't know. Like, I feel like you, you see it every time. Like, if girls post, like... Of course, I'm a man. I've been out here for a while. I'm a well-seasoned. Like, you know what I mean? I kind of understand the game a little bit. I mm -hmm. get it. I know what the do's and the don'ts are. So I think other dudes don't know. Like, if they see a girl shake her ass, they think, like, I'm in there. This is an easy win. Yeah. And it's like, most of the time, that's the hardest one to get. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? She got a ton of dudes throwing, oh. you know what I mean? You know, throwing their hat in the ring. So oh, it's not the best so way to Oh, there's so much go. to unpack. It's like... Like I said earlier about my art, you know, I'm expressing, I'm exploring what it means to hyper, to be hyper feminine in a hyper masculine environment. That includes a hyper expression of sexuality. Mm. I'm also working out my own sexual trauma, having a child at 17, all kinds of crazy shit that happened to me throughout my life 
hip hop, like listening to hip hop. I, one of my favorite songs as a kid was Anything Goes When It Comes to Hoes Because Pimpin' Ain't Easy. You know? <laughs> I, I love that song. Bitches ain't shit, but and like, now chicks. I'm like, maybe that's why I have weird relationships with men. Like, <laughs> need to talk, Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> you know? It's like fucked us up. And then there's this, I don't know if you guys saw this show, um, I May Destroy You. It's mm -mm. so good. Oh my God, you have to watch it. Um, Michaela what Cole. What is it on? It's a, uh, HBO. Okay. She's a British film or British um, writer, and she stars in it also. But mm -hmm. it's about it's about her getting assaulted and her, the process of like her processing that, and it's funny and irreverent and beautiful. And in the in the tagline on IMDb, it says. Um, Something about the exploration of sexuality and the difference between sexual empowerment and sexual exploitation. And when I read that, I was like, oh my God, that was my 20s. Mm. Like, I believed this narrative that by being sexually, being sexually empowered, sleeping with whomever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to, was that. But, but actually, the payoff of that wasn't really for me. It kind, I kind of felt like I kept giving pieces of myself away. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it felt like the guys were getting the empowerment. Mm -hmm. I was right. actually exploiting myself. Mm. So it, it was, it's a narrative that I don't know is working to be sexually empowered. Um, I don't want to say don't be like sexually empowered, but there's something wrong with this equation. So it's about how to be sexually empowered the right way without being sexually exploited. <sighs> yeah, it's about having conversations that aren't Easy gaslighting, mm -hmm. you know, like you have to, come on, you're, a, you're an independent woman. I see you. I know you want to fuck and like, let's fuck. It's just fucking. It's actually not just fucking. Right. Like eventually you realize that, that your, your souls are, you're swapping souls, yo. It's like you exchange an energy. It's connect I, them. now I feel like it's a way that people come, come together to experience a deeper relationship with God. It's like mm. the most spiritual thing that you can do with another human being. And we blow it off like it's a blow yeah. off. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, there's a joke there somewhere. Um, you know, but then there's also fun sex with groups and parties and like things that you can do there where there's great communication and it can be a really fulfilling experience and like, Okay, here we go. Here goes all the boundaries. Um, <laughs> I had this experience with two people, and it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I've had because there was just a lot of communication happening where it was like, what do you need right now? Is this okay for you? No, no. <laughs> you got to wait until she, you know, mm -hmm. she's ready for that and whatever. Like, it was just like conversation mm -hmm. about what people's boundaries are. And... I don't know, like part of what I'm doing in my music is like, let's fucking talk about it. Sex is funny. Um, it's a massive part of who we are. Mm -hmm. Pretending that it's not is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, and let's fucking lighten up a little bit about yeah. it while at the same time recognizing that we as a generation have a very deep well of trauma mm -hmm. around the way we've been giving our bodies away and exchanging. Yeah. And if we could, if we can 
start to see it as a spiritual experience. It doesn't mean we're gonna have less sex. It means we're gonna just walk into it consciously. Mm-hmm. It's the unconscious fucking that's causing all of the damage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's yeah, my TED talk. That was deep. Definitely was deep. I totally agree. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah. I've had that conversation. Me and my brother, we, we've had conversations about like sex and how like crazy, like it affects us in a lot of ways. And then we go out and like you said, and you end up having a whole lot of meaningless sex, mm-hmm. not knowing like all those connections you create and all those size. exchanges you making and all the, the effects that it had on both parties. But I definitely think that like that experience you said you had, that's like the, like they were, fully aware of what sex is mm-hmm. and how to truly go about it. And mm-hmm. I think that that's when you really reach a different zone. Like when you can really fully communicate even while in it. Cause I think a lot of us, even though we cool with having sex, a lot of people still immature. Mm-hmm. So, and you can tell when you're in the middle of sex that this person is immature. If you can't talk or communicate or express what you want and how you want it. Yeah. Or if you got a guy and he's not pleasing you in this way and he can't take the thought of you critiquing him and telling him that this is the mm-hmm. way you need to do it. Mm-hmm. So many people are not really even ready for those levels yet. You yeah. know what I mean? But I feel like if you if you can get to those points, you unlock a whole different level. And even period, in your relationship, if you are able to communicate in your relationship what you truly want sexually in a sense, because I feel like so much of like the miscommunications or the unhappiness at least for men a lot of times, it starts with sex in a sense. Mm-hmm. So if you could kind of mm-hmm. get a, a understanding of what each other want there, a lot of shit will fix itself easily. Well, I mean, it, I it mean, comes into it. If you can communicate sexually, you yes. can communicate normally. Like, you know. Well, the sex should be a, a deepening of communication. It's right. a way you commute, you develop a communication in the talking mm-hmm. and then sex takes it to another level, a spiritual level, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the problem is we replace communication with sex, we use physical communication instead of other forms mm-hmm. and then that's why it falls apart sexually first because you didn't develop the, the verbal communication, you didn't talk about things before. It's easy to just talk having sex when you do it all the time about everything anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we it's like we gotta fuck after, th- if I don't know, you know, if you have a tree trunk, then clearly it's not going anywhere. So we got to fuck after the third date, you know, and that's <laughs> problematic. <laughs> like mm. it's problematic because the, you don't know. I've been reading a lot about it because I was just dating someone and it kind of crashed and burned. And this was recent. Yeah, that's why I'm on a dickless diet now. Um, and I was like, I think, I think I might be a sex and love addict. Like, I think I might be. I know I'm an addict. I don't drink. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't had a drink in five years. Both my parents were alcoholics and didn't drink. Well, they both went through AA and went through the programs. So there's a program in that the world of 12-step programs called SLAA, SLAW, Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine sent me some pamphlets about it and was just like, you know, there, there's a form of that where you're an anorexic, where you're not having any sex or dating, which I swing between. I'm like, no, I don't want anybody. I won't go on the apps and then ovulation. And then I'll go back again. And then I'm like, fuck, you know, fuck this. And then, you know, mm-hmm. so that it's, that's also what, what I used to do when I was drinking is I would drink and then go off for six months and then drink again and be like, why do? Why am I depressed? Oh, because I think I'm allergic to alcohol. Like I can't process the sugar. I'm like, I can't, 
you know, I figured it out eventually that that's what it was that was making me depressed. But with this, it's like your bo- your brain doesn't know the difference between heroin, sugar, alcohol, sex. It mm. doesn't know the difference. It has the same dopamine response. It gets response. the same response. Yeah. yeah. But dopamine the is the chemical the that, level. like, if it's heroin, the dopamine levels are going to spike really high and crash really fast. With sex, they spike high, but they crash more slowly. Like a cold shower brings it up. They all have different levels. but mm-hmm. So that's why different drugs are more dangerous, but your brain doesn't know the difference. Mm. So I was like, I'm addicted to this person. Like this is interfering with my life. But I think what was happening right now in my life is that all of this stuff is going on with um, me being viral and getting famous or whatever's happening. And it was like a way to not stand in my light, to be like, let me hyper fixate on this person instead mm-hmm. of actually facing this beautiful thing that's happening for me. Um, so that was, that's my concern. So I'm researching it. And one of the things that I saw was just like, you know, don't commit to somebody that you're going to be in an exclusive sexual relationship before you know that you're getting your needs met. Mm. Like, that that's a that it's a real a real thing, you know. Like they're really gonna yeah attack all those areas. Because we just, we build you know. these fantasies, like oh, this person ticks all these boxes, so there now I can stop looking and just you know. But that's not the way to. It takes time. It takes like, time. It just takes time. Time is what it takes for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's the only way to truly know if a person. I tell people, well, you gotta really put some time in. Yeah. You go through some ups and downs and, and really see if that person is for you. So what in you SLA, mesh, they right? have a date, a sober dating plan that you make. And they're like all over the internet. So you can look it up and find different people's sober dating plans. And it's it's like this list of basically, okay, the first month you do 20-minute phone call. Then you do 40-minute the second week. And then you only have one date. And then you, like, it really it it's up. a map. Yeah. And then here are my deal breakers. Because when you take it slow, you see the red flags and you're not all entangled spiritually and chemically with the person so you talk yourself out of them when you're taking it slow it's like you know yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna slide down the freaking wormhole again yeah. like somebody messaged me the other day and he's like great prospect and i was like i am i didn't say i was on a dickless diet but i was like Take it slow. You know, you don't have to mm-hmm. tell them everything all at once. Now I need a sober freaking podcast plan because I clearly have no boundaries. But uh, I was just like, I'm taking a month off. Call me in July if you're still interested. But I'm not. I need time to just focus on you. Build my sober dating plan. Mm. Yeah. So do you want to be dating? Like, do you want to find that person? Yes, I want. That's part of your goal? Yes. I want to, like, I want to build. I want to build. More kids? Nah, I don't know. I didn't think I did, but then the the guy I was dating was younger, and I was like, well, if you want that, then I would figure it out. Mm. Yeah, like I said, I think I have three or four eggs in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put them in someone else's bodies. Like, I'm doing, um, you know, the, I love when you call me Big Mama, that $9.7 million freestyle, or dollar, I wish. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of this year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say, I see some ladies tonight who should be having my babies, like, as surrogates. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's, that's funny. funny. <laughs> that's, a good one. Yeah. that's hilarious. I don't, I don't know that I want to yeah. carry it again. 
You outside. You are, you a rapper now. You can't even, you know, somebody gotta watch the baby for you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> somebody gotta carry it. Also, you know wouldn't it be hilarious <laughs> if I got pregnant? Like, people's minds are already exploding looking at my me. They're just like, what the fuck? How old are you? Like, what's that? Imagine I was pregnant. They wouldn't know what to do with you. There you go. There you go. Oh, my God. Just for the joke. I do it for the joke. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, you just opened up a whole can of worms. Right a whole A whole day to talk about uh, relationships and sex and trauma. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot there, but I didn't know they made, like, those type of plans. That's extravagant. So it's a, it's a whole lot that go into dating these days. Yeah. It's not as simple as it used to be. So, um... Work, yeah, it's like back in the day, you know, it just was not the deep. I guess because you didn't, you you weren't flooded with so many people so easily. Yeah. Well, I you mean, know what I mean. And, and look, man, you outside. no in the club, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that, that's yeah. when you see a plethora. But for men, it's different. Like we don't get a bunch of people like headed at us. It's like mm. we normally going up. But for females, you might go outside or go to the club, hit the mall. But it's when you go out to these places. It's when you're getting dressed and you're looking good that you get bombarded. Oh, by no, it's people. always. It doesn't matter. It's just always. Oh, yeah, yeah. <coughs> just don't turn um, off. Yeah, no. I mean, it's weird now because people recognize me, so I don't know what's going on, like, if they recognize me or, like, from a video or mm. how are they looking at me. How do you handle that, too? I'm getting better at it. Yeah, at first I was, it was, I don't know. Like, I don't know. How would, if they approached you, how would you take it? Um, well, now I'm like, what's your name? Because I learned from a friend of mine who's famous. He's like, the more deeply you look into their eyes and engage with them, the faster they go away. <laughs> I know that I want them to go away, but I want them to realize they're having an exchange with a human being. Yeah, so I'm so like, what's your you name? Like you just, just Are you an artist? What's your deal? Mm-hmm. Then the, when they talk, then they're like, oh, yeah. It's, it's, and then they're like, cool, nice to meet you. Have they realize day. something's yeah. going on. But what's like... School is um, other artists. So when I go to a show or something, like, um, it's other artists coming up to me and being like, I see you. I see you. Mm. I know that you're an artist. You know, like, um, that means a lot to me because, you know, people see one video and they're like, oh, she's joking. Or, I mean, yes, I am funny, but mm. I'm not joking. It's for real. Like and you I, take it seriously. It comes out funny because I have a funny, stupid face that does stupid things. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's part of it, you know. And also, ev- everything has got to be funny or we're in trouble. Like, Fact. you yeah. know. Um, can't be too serious. Yeah. So, and sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. Like, sometimes, like, I do, I love covering Renegade. It's one of my favorite songs. Um, the Jay-Z, Eminem track yeah and like times i do it and i just cry because it's so fucking good and honest and jay's jay's verses especially Mm. are so honest and people people are like you rap that shit like you lived it like you know and i'm like well i feel like i did like you feel it i feel it it i mean i grew up on welfare i had a baby at 17 i didn't you know, I lived in Canada, so I could still go to school and go to college and do all those things because of the support system I had. Mm-hmm. It's not the same because I, the country I'm in is a privileged place. Right. But that doesn't mean that I didn't feel the things I felt, you know, about what that what that life was like. My father sold drugs. He was in, like, a motorcycle gang. Like, he was in that life, too. So that he's, I re- resonates with me. He's part also. of Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like. Yeah. I know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He had a mustache, so. 
Yeah. Yeah. I never watched it. Never watched it? No. But he I remember like my dad was hung out with the mafia too. And I I would go to like the mafia kids' birthday parties and shit. Like it was like soups weird. I don't know. Uh now I see the Mandy Mayhem part. Yeah. 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 You get it honestly. Yeah. Oh, that's dope, man. So, yeah, you, you had a colorful life. Did you read a book called The Artist's Way? Yes, ma'am. How did that book impact you? Um, it changed my life, for sure. Really? Yeah. I was working in an art gallery, um, and there was an artist there. It was actually a year after my dad had passed. Mm-hmm. And when he passed, he left me some money, and I went and wandered around Europe for a while trying to sort of figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I had had a cheerlead, the cheerleading company before that, and it exploded disastrously in 2008 mm-hmm. um, with the, the work I was doing in China. And um, this artist that I was working with at the gallery said to me, you're a blocked artist. You need to read this book. And a blocked artist is somebody oftentimes who works with, not always, but who works with artists like as an agent or a manager or whatever that has a desire to write or act or sing, paint, but is too afraid to do it. So they work adjacent to the field as Mm. opposed to right in it. And that's what she was saying that I was doing. And what happens is when you're a very creative person, and you're not getting to express fully as much as you want to creatively, that creative energy turns on you Mm. and starts Mm. to create drama in your life Mm. instead of in some art. Mm. And that's what she was like pointing out for me. And that's what I learned from the artist's way was like, I have to create. It doesn't matter what it is. And and each week, it's a 12-step program, Mm -hmm. each week is a a different sort of block that artists have money family failure i'll not be good enough you know the things that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. and so i've done the course four times at this point part of it is writing these morning pages every day which is three pages of stream of consciousness i've been doing that for 10 years writing every morning of what? I'm sorry. stream of consciousness stream just of blah 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 just blah whatever, whatever. oh i need to pick up milk um i'm having an existential crisis i think my I'm going to talk about my vagina, whatever. Uh, like, whatever, just let it come you out. let it flow right Yeah, out. whereas I used to journal, and that was like, I don't want to, I would journal, but I would be like, oh, I'm, I'm like Jane Eyre or somebody, oh. like, like someone's going to read my journal someday, so it has to be beautiful and poetic. But with these morning pages, you're just blaying it out. And what that does is, you know, when you sit down to get into flow to create, it takes some time before you actually get into flow. Unless you take my mind enhancer inhaler, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but it takes some time to get into flow, like you need a warm up. And that's what those pages are. They're a warm up to help you get all the anxiety out of your head and then get into the thing that you actually wanna create. Mm. And so when you do it in the morning, the rest of the day opens up for you like as though you're in flow for the whole day. Right. And when I started doing these pages within the first week, cause you do them first thing in the morning when you wake up, like literally before you do anything else. And so I was remembering my dreams. And I had this dream where I was walking through all these different ideas that I had had for the next business I wanted to start because my cheerleading business had fallen apart. Mm. I wanted to do a, cl- a clothing label, start an art gallery, work for a, um, a, a condo developer. And I walked through each stage of my dream. It was like, 
it was almost like Goldilocks. Like I'd go into a thing and be like, no, this isn't working for me. Right. No, this is. And then I walked through this door and I was on Saturday Night Live on stage wow. with a bowl of soup in my hand because I don't cook. Oh, soup is all I make. And <laughs> I was holding it like this and the audience was cheering. And I remember thinking, don't receive their applause. And then I took the soup spoon and I held it up to the audience and they cheered louder. <laughs> and then I ate it. And it was like I was feeding them and they were feeding me. It was like this beautiful metaphor. Mm. And then I went backstage and I was like, okay, I'm on SNL. What am I wearing? Most importantly. Wow. And I go over to the wardrobe department and he shows me this picture of a woman in a 1940s gown. And I was like, yes, darling, this is my fate. And then he hands me a wife beater and cut off shorts. Can you say wife beater anymore? Probably not. A tank top <laughs> and, and cut off shorts. And I'm like, oh, everyone is wearing this beautiful dress and I'm wearing that. Okay, fine, I'll be the butt of the joke. I can, I love that, give me, I'll, give me that job. So I put on my outfit, I sit down and then there's these, there's these two girls on either side of me that look like Broadway actors. You know what Broadway actors yeah. look like? Long mm -hmm. brown hair, big eyes, you know. So they're like sitting there looking over my shoulder trying to read the script and I can't read it and I'm trying to like, I'm like, I don't know how, how am I gonna do this? And this, this is the competition. These younger women who look the part and I'm like, I can't compete with this. Mm. I was 35 when I started acting. Right. I can't compete with this. And then I just had this moment in the dream where I closed the book, I handed it to the girls and I said, it doesn't matter, just get me on stage and I'll be fine. And then I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I'm a fucking actor. I'm a, I'm a, I, need, I need to be on stage. And that was like day three of this book. Wow. And then I went to a class at Second City that night and started studying improv and then just, that was it. Wow. And this wind blew yeah. up from there. My, I was already doing hip hop karaoke at yeah. that point. So I was like, I know, and I had cheered for so long and I did theater as a kid and all that. Yeah. So it didn't come from nowhere, but right. it was So like, you got a nice little base, but that, point you in a very direct direction. Yeah, but I had my life had to crumble to the ground mm. for me to do that. And then it had to crumble to the ground. I got I got cervical cancer mm. and then I wrote my first album. It had to crumble to the ground for me to be brave enough to write the first album, to be like, you might die. What's the one thing you want to do? I want to rap. Okay, go write a fucking album. So I did. And then I had this situation, this surgery last year where they thought it was cancer again. It turned out it was some like birth defect that only children get. And because I'm Benjamin Button, it like showed up in me. My wisdom teeth came in at the same time. Like, I don't know what's wow. happening. I'm literally <laughs> aging really, yeah, in person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. this happened again and it was my throat chakra. It's my throat. Mm. It's like your voice. Yeah. Do you, are you listening? Yeah. If you don't fucking use your voice, you're not gonna have it. Mm -hmm. And so then the retirement home commercial happened and the fucking like, I have all these projects I've written that I've been trying to get off the ground for years that just haven't been going anywhere. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. So that morning, November 1st, before I got on my first live, I prayed and I said, just get, show me a clear path. Mm. Not to fame, fortune, music career, acting, whatever, I was like, the, you deal with the logistic. I don't even know anymore. You know me better than I do. I've been trying to strategize. I'm the queen of fucking strategy. People pay me to strategize their careers for them and I can't make it work. I'm broke. And the retirement home? Come on. I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. And then and then I was doing the laundry and God spoke to me. And he said, 
you want a fucking clear path, it's right in front of you. God swears at me. Um, <laughs> we have that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. um, it was like, this agency had reached out to me and said, we're gonna help, TikTok wants to support new co creators on live. They'll boost your stuff. We think your rapping would do really well on there. And then Instagram had messaged me the same day and said, um, or that week and said, um, you know, they were doing the reels bonuses. We'll pay you for reels. I was like, people are trying to build things on social media and I have been resisting it because I didn't want to be exploited mm -hmm. anymore. Like I, I'm sick of working for free as an artist. It just, it's, I hate that we're all carrying the load for these big, I'm so glad everyone's on strike and support the WGA and SAG, mm -hmm. who's about to go on strike. And so I was like, I don't want to do it. But then I, I just felt like that Janis Joplin song, you know, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Like, I don't know. I'm at the end of my rope again, mm. you know? And I don't want to keep getting sick right. because I'm not listening to my body. My body was just like, go where the joy is. And it turns out the joy is in my living room, in front of my bookcase, with a neon vagina behind my head, doing Jay-Z covers. I don't wow. Know. And that's where, that's where it started. <laughs> that's where it started. And you found your happy place. Yeah, it yeah man. Happy, yeah. That's so wild. It's, and then. Yeah, it started well. <laughs> that's crazy. That's dope. It really show you though, like you could really find your path at any given moment. Like mm -hmm. so, so many of us get caught up in trying to find a way right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, I wake up every day still, even though I feel like I'm in my purpose. I feel like I'm in what I'm supposed to be doing. But it's like because we live in a society where there's so much instant gratification, and mm -hmm. then you got so New many trends. things. Yeah, so many mm -hmm. things around you. People acquiring Influences. things around you. Mm -hmm. So when you're not acquiring these things or getting that instant gratification in some type of fashion, you know, you feel like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. You just wonder. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, mm -hmm. if you just take the time, listen to the universe, listen to God, whoever you may listen to, you might find the answers. And it's just so crazy. And then the thing is, you always have time. We be killing ourselves with trying to do everything right now. Take your time and breathe. Mm -hmm. Relax and just figure it out. Let it flow to you. But I like that thing you were saying about the, the stream of things, because my mind runs at a mile a minute, and I feel like I'm always bombarded with thoughts. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm trying to get shit done, it's constant. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like when I sleep, mm -hmm. I don't really sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm still thinking. I believe you. I'll wake up out of a thought. You know what you. I mean? I feel like I may have slept at some point, but whole time, I was thinking. I've been, I've been working on that a lot. That shit is crazy. Stopping the mental chatter. Yeah. Because... Um, it's not serving me. Like, so there's a, I study A Course in Miracles and mm -hmm. every day there's a different lesson in this book. And there's one that I've been kind of fixated on which is I will not hurt myself again today. And I've been using that for all kinds of things. So in a negotiation with a new brand that I'm working with, I, they offered me one amount and I wanted five times that. And I kept saying, I'm not going to devalue. Mm. That's hurting myself. When you when it's you not, settle you, you know? for anything less, yeah. Yeah, it's not even like, you know, you got to ask for twice. You got to ask for. It's like there's we have all these tools, but the bottom line is the bottom line. What is my bottom line? How much will I hurt myself? Who will I sleep with? Who will I, like, have these business relationships with that don't 
don't, uh, you can't te teach someone to value what they don't value. Mm -hmm. So I find myself in these relationships with brands or whatever, and they don't value what I'm giving them. Mm. I'm never going to convince them of that. A relationship that I'm in with a partner, if he doesn't value me, I can't teach him that. Mm. It's not in there already, you know? Mm. So just constantly saying to myself, I will not hurt myself again today is helping me to interrupt the, th the patterns. Mm. So when I think about the breakup and I'm fixating on it, I know it's not, like there's sadness and I care, mm -hmm. but it's not that heavy. I'm trying to avoid the moment. The mental chatter is to get me out of the moment because the mm. moment is where the answers are. The moment is where we create. You can't like make art in the future. Mm -hmm. When you start, when you're trying to make art and you're thinking about how is this going to land on Instagram or, or, the, or am I going to get enough people in my live, you're not, it's not going to work. You have to be in the moment. So when I'm on, hi guys, when I'm on TikTok mm -hmm. and these comments are scrolling and they're calling me names and saying things and then there's beautiful things happening but a lot of, a lot of shitty things and I see this number in the top corner that says how many people are in the room. There were times that one, the first video of me that went viral, which was the Jay-Z, uh, you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, there were 7,000 people in the room watching me when I did was doing that verse. Mm. And so I fucked up a line, okay? Like I'm still upset about it, that like there's been 20 million views on that video all over the place and like I know the lyrics, okay? <laughs> um, but there was so many people in the room, right? So it's like, am I, and this is the other thing I learned about my hair when I went through the process, Am I looking at them or am I being looked at? Am I walking in the room thinking about how the room sees me or am I walking in the room and looking at each person and seeing them? It's a very different ex way to experience way to the world. It, yeah. And when you're a beautiful woman and you walk into a room and there's this on you, you don't feel safe. You learn that you have to be a certain way in order to be physically safe. Men have this in a different way. But for women, it's always about, am I physically safe? It's subconscious at this point, but you learn this over time. So you have to self-surveil, self-surveillance. Like you have a camera on yourself all the time. Is my hair okay? Is my When you see this in beautiful women, it's because it's a safety issue mm. that turns into a hyperfixation on how you look mm -hmm. that, that becomes this self-surveillance. And now we have a camera in our face the whole yeah. time, right? Um, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about, but you talking about if they looking at you or you looking at them? <coughs> yeah, uh, it sounds like oh, you're talking your about lives. Yeah, the lives. Your, your approach Thank to you. going into looking at them. Yeah, yeah. So now I've got this number in the top corner. Mm. When I try to be cool and do what I think they want, the number goes. And when I'm like, fuck you guys, I'm gonna, I'm going to pull out a puppet and he is going to do Rakim's verse on The Watcher right now. <laughs> and I'm going to have fun. The room yeah. goes, da, 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 da. it's yeah. this constant conversation with the divine of like, what is my creative impulse? It's like a jump shot for creative work being on this live, if you use it in such a way mm. to fight against the impulse to self-surveil and to make art for the purpose of what these other people want you to be doing. Mm. It's very hard, yeah. but at this point, I'm six months in, I don't even know how many hours, hundreds and hundreds of hours I've been on there performing, and I'm developing this very 
tough skin around what's coming at me in terms of, I still cry, like it still happens, but more than anything and most importantly, I'm, I'm strengthening my relationship with creative energy and knowing which voice is which. Because at first you don't know, is this inspiration or is this ego? Is this what my mom said to me when I was a kid? You got to discern which voice is which. So mm -hmm. that takes practice, just like a jump shot. So you, you figure it out. Yeah. yeah, so this is a space where I can practice that. Mm. You just dropped a fucking yeah. bomb. That's, I don't even think they get it. That shit just off well. the whole lot of shit. It's like if you're a creative and you listen to that, that should have definitely put you on a path. Because I just, yeah. I hope so. You did that. I feel like that's part of my... Purpose. purpose. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm rapping. It's fun. I'm fucking enjoying myself. Right. But what I'm seeing out here is conversations that need to happen Facts. around aging, around race, around music, around women, sexuality. They mm. need to happen. I'm like the catalyst, but it's not about me. It's shit that needs to be about everybody, about. about the world, about the universe. Yeah. That's a fact. You did that. I'm so appreciative for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that, we definitely gonna have to wrap this up because it don't get no better than that. Um, so get them a real quick uh, thing, you know, rundown about everything you got coming up and everything like that. Okay, I'm doing a show in Philly tomorrow night. I don't know if this is gonna get to you before that happens, but if it does, please come. It's at Kung Fu Necktie. Um, I don't even know how. I mean, it's a long story how I ended up here, and I've talked way too much, but. It's Keith Shockley is opening for me from the legendary Public Enemy. Mm. Hank and Keith are brothers, and they yeah, produced right. so much of Public Enemy's um, work, and also um, uh, the Bomb Squad, Belle DeVoe. Like, mm. come on, legends. I know someone put in the comment like, "Shouldn't you be opening for him?" Yes, yes, I should, but that's not <laughs> how it's going down. He was kind enough to come out and open, and I also have La Phantom opening. My girl Summer Rona, who's she's written a rap to like introduce me. She's mm. she's amazing. Um, so I'm really excited about the show. And then after that, um, I'm going to be in New York for a couple days. I'm going to the Roots picnic to just like hang out and try to make friends with people. <laughs> try to get on somebody's tour. Yeah, hopefully you yeah. might see me out at the Roots picnic too. We might try to slide out there. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah that'd be dope. And am I seeing you at my show? Tomorrow. Let me know the time. Seven. Seven. I'll be on later than seven, but it ends at eleven, so you can still uh, go out and do other yeah, things. I'll come like eight, eight o'clock. Yeah, please come. <coughs> it's going to be epic. We'll like be I'm not even kidding. I'm really entertaining on stage. We gonna watch. Yes. Yeah, I mean, drop some footage for you on our on our channel and everything. Amazing. They keep up with everything. I'm just so I'm so happy to be seeing people. Plus, I keep getting kicked off TikTok and Instagram for being inappropriate. I don't know how. This is like so crazy, right? Yeah. But how can you be in the appropriate with the shit that they do on these apps? It's crazy. And they mean your comments saying the worst stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. They and they don't get blocked. They're no. kicked off at all. If I say it out loud, then I'm like, bam. It's, it's all about when you're having progress, man. I feel like if it got progress in it, they don't like to see it. Mm -hmm. And they find ways to shut it down. When mm -hmm. it's negative shit, I see negative shit nonstop, and I hate negative shit. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see people getting shot, robbed, mm. beat up, nothing. Mm. But I constantly see it. Same. Don't even know how. I skip some. Oh, yeah, man. I know. Yeah, it's wild. But um, let the people know how to follow you. Oh, yes. Where to follow you. So it's quite confusing. But if you find me on Instagram, uh, Amanda Murhead, 
Long story also, obviously, because everything with me is a long story. <laughs> and on TikTok, it's Ms. Mandy May Cheatham, which is very complicated also. But if you find yourself on one of those platforms, you can click my bio. You can find the YouTubes. You can find, I have videos going back years. I mean, I existed before you found me, if you can believe it. Mm. Um, and then also check out uh, my new brand partner that I'm working with which is a nootropics company. So they are, uh, they've figured out a way to deliver ATP, which is the, the energy molecule that all of your cells need directly to your brain. Wow. To the mitochondria in your brain. This has not been done before. Normally it has to pro process through your liver, through food that you eat. And if it's a supplement, people are taking it intravenously or they're eating, eating supplements, but they're wrapped in fat. So they're, they're getting processed. And I have mm. poor digestion, so I don't process vitamins and minerals very well. But this is delivering it to my brain directly, eliminating brain frog. Brain frog? <laughs> brain fog. <laughs> yeah, and helping, helping me focus and stay in flow, just like what we were talking about. So right. it's a natural, there's no drugs in it. It's a natural form of like an Adderall or an energy drink that mm. is not spiking your dopamine in an, in an unhealthy way. Right. It doesn't even have anything to do with dopamine, it's just directly energy. It's also reducing inflammation. So anyway, check out the link in my bio to, for that. Um, and all the things, I don't know, check my bio, yo. Check her bio, yo. Listen, please do tap in. Mandy is so much more than provocative rap, so I tell you that. I really energy appreciate it. amazing. Yeah, everything about you has been great. Yes. You are uh, a book. Multiple chapters and layers, mm -hmm. so I like that. That's, that's good to have. I appreciate you. You really opened my eyes up to a lot of things. Sure. Got some work to do. Mm, <laughs> we all do. Listen, yeah. I really appreciate you coming. I hope you enjoyed the yes. food. Oh, I'm so. I just feel very grateful. Very feel very honored to be here and welcomed into this home and getting to be fed is like, you know. Yeah, we appreciate and it. And Philly, just in general, like has been. It's the one city on both my apps and my followings that is like shows up. Mm. Like Philly's like my number two city on TikTok and number two on Instagram. It's like right after New York, mm. it's, you know? It's here. There's something here. I mean, there's a reason why I love Jill Scott and Music Soul Child and like I've just yeah. always felt this. It's a music city, it's a and music I come city. from a music city, and period. Yeah. So I'm like, if I'm gonna throw myself on the fire, this is where to do this it. This is where I'm gonna do it. Definitely, because if you can make it here, you I can know. make it anywhere. Here's hoping. Listen, <laughs> make sure y'all tap in with Mandy. This is your boy Smooth. This is your girl Amber Grand. This is cooking up two and five. Let's go. <laughs> he was no, like horrified, right? Yeah. Like, what does that feel it's like? Are you comfortable cutting through somebody? You know that they say the layers are thick. Yes. Well, let's start with the fact that it's thick. It's like this fucking thick before the. It, I it must be a rush. It must be a rush. It gotta be. Come on. It gotta be. <laughs> he was acting all like part of my job. All right, which are ready? Uh, two seconds. I'm so excited to eat. Look at my body posture compared to earlier. <laughs> it smells so good. I warmed it up. I thought they was warming it up. I ain't make nothing.
Oh, uh, Mariah. Okay, we're queuing. Every time. Yeah, hey, Mariah. <laughs> oh. Um, I'm gonna just turn it over because they have a lot of emergency bypasses going on. Gotcha. You a doctor? Something like that. Okay. <laughs> How does it feel to slit someone's throat, Okay. Don't need your veggies. Okay. <laughs> need your veggies. I'm not that type of doctor. Your veggies clean. She. she Oh, I do body wax and body piercing. Uh, oh. I remember seeing that having them. These things. These things, you only facials, everything. I just got the first wax in a long time. The first one is the worst one. In a long time. <laughs> the very first one I ever had. Are you guys ready for this story? Because yeah, yeah. this uh -huh. is the story. But we got to get on camera. So I was in the south of France with an ex-bishop from the Mormon church oh, shit. who had just excommunicated himself and left his like 15 children behind and was exploring the world. And I was like, let's go to Monte Carlo. And he, he had been with the same woman basically his entire, well, his entire life. Um, and they had 15 children or whatever it was. Mm. And we went on this tour of the south of France and he, we were going to have sex. And he had, I guess, taken some lessons from a lady who teaches you how to have sex and what yes. have you. And we get to this hotel room in this winery and he's putting candles all around the bathtub and pouring me a bath and all this shit. And I'm like, you don't have to go to all this trouble. <laughs> you know, that's just it's fine. We're not going to fall in love. We're not going to hold hands. This is not that kind of deal. But we can fuck and I'll teach you how to do that. You know, this is something else that you're doing. It's fine. It's cool. I, I'm into it. So um, anyway, I, I was like, you know, it would be fun if I got a wax um, because I'd never had one. And also, I don't know. I was like figuring out how to have a sugar daddy. Like you get them to buy you stuff. I don't know. So I was like, take me to a wax place in like the south of France or whatever. So I go into this wax parlor and no one speaks English. And I've never had anything done. So the hair is like that long. And you couldn't communicate. No, I couldn't communicate. Oh, and wow. I'm not sure that she had ever removed that much hair before in her life. So it was like a wet, there was no trimming, pre-trim. It was just sheer pain for, I don't, I don't know how long. I was, my whole body was sweating. I was like pools of sweat. Mm. And then after that, I broke out into this horror, horrifying rash. So. Wow. I showed him. <laughs> well, if you Why ever decide to go back. Because I just let it grow. That was what was happening. I'm just telling you. You had dreads down there. I had, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can, can braid that shit. <laughs> but listen. See, I was curling it up. That's curling it up. But <laughs> she knows. I mean, it's like a juggle. <laughs> like the next time. It's like a juggle. All you mean is about, I swear to God, a quarter. You can get the scissors with a comb. Yeah. And cut it at the comb. Yeah. And then get it done. Well, I mean, so this... Because that don't hurt because the hair on the wax is laying the mm -hmm. hair down. I it's know. It's going to hurt 10 times more. I know. Can you reach in the freezer and grab me that juice? I had another I friend... I can't believe that, though. That's amazing. I had another friend who tried to do it herself. And this was this was a long time ago, mind you. I, I haven't done that since uh, that. What, but I had a friend who tried to do it herself. She just slathered her whole self with wax and then let it sit. 
and then <laughs> fell asleep because she was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just gonna sleep now. I don't know why she fell asleep. <laughs> and then she woke up and she couldn't move because everything was like in the position <laughs> that she was sleeping and she tried to move and it just pulled every single little hair. <laughs> so she went to the doctor like walking like this <laughs> to get them to, to try and snip it off. <laughs> she tried to let it dry. Jesus Christ, because if it gets too dry, <coughs> <clears throat> yeah. Oh, not just the hair. She yeah. was like, I'm never doing that again. Oh, she's Why would she fall asleep on Why would she fall asleep? Why would she put it all over her whole self? Yeah, whole, that's the whole she didn't read the instructions. Oh. She's <laughs> 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 